This episode is brought to you by Monkey Blood Design and Publishing. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. Imagine, create, play. Monkey Blood Design and Publishing is a publisher of products for role-playing games from the theater of the mind glory days of the 70s and 80s to the in-depth rule systems of modern gaming. Monkey Blood Design and Publishing is also the home of the Gold Any Award-winning The Midderland setting and its creator, Glenn Seal. Monkey Blood ships quality gaming products around the world from their UK web store, but you can also find their products on DriveThruRPG, Itch.io, and Redbubble. Not only do they offer high-quality gaming material, but if you need a piece of cartography, art, writing, or layout for your own project, Monkey Blood Design and Publishing can offer freelance services to help bring your own project to creation. So, if you want to buy some great RPG products or get help bringing your own to fruition, Head on over to monkeyblooddesign.co.uk and get in touch. Let Monkey Blood Design and Publishing help you to imagine, create, and play. Abed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hey folks, Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day, I guess. Well, today we're going to talk about villains. Villains, you know, the bad guys. And how to go about, well, what do you want to think about when you're creating your villains? If you have some kind of story that has a straight up, like, big bad guy like that, you got to think about a few things. Now, villains should be somewhat memorable, also a little smart, and just, you know, just climb into their head for just a few moments and think about what they're thinking. That'll help you understand what they're all about. First of all, if you've got a, if you're doing a fantasy, I mean, whatever genre you're doing, you got to think about this. So here's some things to think about. There are different types of villains. And some of them have some things in common, some of them don't. Now, first of all, I think villains should be a little bit smart. Now, I say a little bit smart. I don't say a lot smart, even though there are those out there. One of the things I like to do is to get a villain to the point where there's a flaw in his thinking, but he doesn't realize it. That's one thing. You have this villain who's got this really great, perfect plan. Except for maybe one thing that they overlook. Or their personality is such where it may be there, but they discount it or something like that. And this is the kind of villain who's just smart enough to get himself into a bind, but not not observant enough or bright enough or something like that to understand why his flaws or what his flaw is and, and compensate for it. That's one one way to do it. Then you have the uber smart villain, the guy who could. These these are the most frustrating ones to me. The guys who always are like one step ahead of the heroes. They think everything out. They make plans. They have a contingency plan for everything. And then that's, and they proceed with the plan. 
You've seen that many a times. They're probably, like I said, the most frustrating thing villains you've ever seen, but I would use them sparingly because there is nothing that chafes player characters and players like a villain who can always outthink them. That's why villains have, we make villains with flaws, at least a little flaw. Something the, something the player characters can exploit. That's how you take them down. Now, if you have a villain who's a chess master like that, he can think one step ahead, you can carry that on for, I'd say, oh, two sessions before, maybe three, before the, the player characters or the players start getting really frustrated. It's really hard when you're dealing with like really omniscient villains like demons, devils, and other evil gods or things like that. But that's why I like villains who are a little more down to earth and a little more flawed. Because you can think of the flaw. Playing champions, I thought of this a lot. When I, when I, at the, the few times that I ran champions, I would think of the villains, you know, I would build them like a character, offense, defense, movement, you know, things like that. Come up with an interesting backstory, but always find, always look at the disads, always find that one fatal flaw that they can exploit. And that's what you're looking at right there. Also, the villains should be memorable. They should have some kind of quirks. They have a certain personality things that they remember. And they don't have to be nice either. They can be utterly ruthless. I mean, there's always the nice, you know, villain, the, the very polite villain. Uh, I have more fun with the guys who are really, really angry and frust not frust but you know, they've got a lot of they've got a lot of ferocity in them. But they have this thin veneer of civility where they can they can take it up to a point and then you know they could snap. Those are the ones that are the most fun for me. Maybe it's because I played Jonathan Brewster in Arsenal Lace three times, who that's that's pretty much his his modus operandi because he's a very he was he was played on stage he was played by Boris Karloff, let me put it that way, who is a master of things like you know, things like brutality with a sheen of a sheen of sophistication. And that's the way to play. Another good person to watch is Vincent Price. Now, I'm going to point out one of his favorite, favorite villain roles, which was in Disney's The Great Mouse Detective. It was one of the last things he did. He played Radigan, the main villain. And he loved that role. And if you watch Radigan, you can tell that he's just, he wants to be, he is evil. He wants to be king of the world. He was like, he's very ruthless. But at the same time, he tries to, to give this air of sophistication. And, you know, and then they all have their, you know, they all have their weaknesses. They all have their, you know, their their sore points where you're not supposed to, in other words, and one of the biggest ones for him is this is a mouse society and he's a rat, but he does not like anybody to call him a rat. He does not want to be known as a rat. He doesn't want to be a, 
He doesn't buy, want to be reminded. Heck, he killed one of his henchmen because they got drunk and accidentally called him a rat. And so that that is the big, you know, that's a big red button for him. That's the kind of thing you got to do with a villain. That's the kind. That's that's the memorable ones right there. Now you can do it a, a variation on this. A variation to me on this would be a villain who is ruthless like that, and yet he says some civility, but not as much. Maybe he's a little more crude, but you have he has a second in command who keeps him in check, who kisses his butt, and tells him what he wants to do. But he always tries to advise him. And that's why his plans work better than you think they should, because they, he has this he has this this dragon of his. Maybe he's his hitman too. Maybe he's the guy who he sends out instead of doing the dirty work himself. He has, sends this guy out. But he, if he has to do it, he's perfectly capable of doing the dirty work himself. But this guy is, I'm not going to say a little more smarter, but a little more wise. Think, well, you know, this plan you came up with, you might want to think about doing this. Or you might want to think about doing that. Why don't you send this guy over here? It would work better. And the guy listens to him. Either he listens to him because he respects him, or if he doesn't respect him, or he doesn't, he's too wrapped up in himself, the guy knows how to push the, guy's but, the, the bad guy's buttons and kiss up to him to get the job done. This is the guy you really got to watch, is the second in command. I mean, he may even resent the main villain and want to see him killed or something like that. But then if he gets in a power, oh boy, the PCs really got something on their hands. But that's another way to do it. I always like those kind of guys anyway. Anyway, those are some villain ideas. You can take and do, use them what you want. I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognargmail.com or talk, drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. If you want to do a one-time donation, go over to my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard. And I would like to thank the people who do the monthly thing, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, John Allen, Aaron, Michael, Randy, and Joe. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. If you want to hear some other good podcasts, there's Dan Gregg's Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard podcast, Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albear podcast, Kevin over at the Red Caps podcast, great podcast, John Allen Large, Big John Allen Large, Red Dice Diaries, Randy and Joe over at Biggest Geekus, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.